Today, we're going to continue our series on the awe of God, the in awe of God. So let's, um, there we go, awesome God. Um, I'm going to be continuing on with that today. So today, we're looking at in awe of God's faithfulness. So we're going to be looking at the faithfulness of God. So far, we've been looking at aspects of God which display something of the greatness of God. We've looked at the power of God. Children, in this wonderful room here, we've been looking at the holiness of God, the sovereignty of God. Adults, what does sovereignty of God mean for the children? Wonderful. Thank you, Mike. There you go, kids. God's in charge. Isn't that wonderful to know that we have a God that's in charge? Because there's lots of things going on in the world that makes you think otherwise. But God is in charge. And today we're looking at the faithfulness of God. Now, each of the attributes we've looked at so far have been looking at really the greatness of God. In some ways, it can feel quite distant when you think about, in some ways, the holiness of God. But we're going to be looking at God's awesome faithfulness. And if you think about the word faithfulness, faithfulness is possibly one of those words that has direct Uh, is directly related to the sense he's faithful to something. And that person or people that he's faithful to is us. This awesome aspect of God, his faithfulness, is this first time that we've really looked at something which looks at his faithfulness, his relationship and friendship with each one of us. Children are sitting so nicely and sensible. It's wonderful. So I'll get you in doing something in a moment. But this characteristic of God, this this thing that we look at of God, has immediate impact on us and how we personally relate to him. So God is a faithful God. Now what I want you to do first of all, and this is sort of a practice run to see how good you are at this, I want everybody to shout back at me, God is a faithful God. Ready? Brilliant, actually. That wasn't too bad. I was quite pleased with that. Okay, so God is a faithful God. And actually, hopefully by the end of this morning, you will have found something true about God being a faithful God. Let's try again. Let's try something different. Okay? We can trust in God's faithfulness. We can trust in God's faithfulness. Ah, brilliant. You're absolutely good at this. This is great. So we can trust in God's faithfulness. God is a faithful God. And we can trust in his faithfulness. And what I want us to do is I need my first volunteer. Well, you've, you've allocated yourselves. If you want to do this, you can, but you've got other jobs later if you want. But I need a volunteer, somebody who's, who can stand still really well. Is that Shifra's hand goes down? Um, <laughs> come on, somebody volunteer. It could be an adult. Karen, wonderful. How good are you standing on things? Okay, because you need to stand on this. Okay, so you, for today's exercise, are going to be God. Okay, how about that? So you've got to hold that. Okay, you're going to be all right there. <laughs> you sure? Okay, so... I'm relying on God. Brilliant. You've got it already. You could go home. Okay, so Karen 
is God today. And Karen is standing on the rock because the rock represents God. God, we went, Noah and I went to the play area yesterday, and in the play area, there were these big, massive rocks. And to be honest, they're only about so big. Um, but they are so heavy, that's, you just can't move them. You know, I could try, and I just would not be able to. I've got some rocks. I was making a pond yesterday as well, and they're about that big. And they weigh a ton. I mean, well, they don't, but, you know, you lift them up. You know, use your legs, lift them up, and, and they're just they're really heavy. And, and the rock that's in this picture, anywhere know where it is? It is in Yosemite. So well done. Well done. It's El Capitan. Well done, John. Someone gets to go around the uh, wonderful places in the world. So it's in Yosemite. But this rock, can you imagine trying to lift that? You just wouldn't be able to. It is extremely heavy. And it's, that means this rock is dependable. Oh, Hannah could lift it. She's just... <laughs> It's dependable. God is faithful. He's dependable. He's a rock that we can stand on secure and confident of who God is. It says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. Now, just come here and read this out for me. (laughs) Come on then, Tom. You read this out, and I'll get Hannah to read the next one. Start from there. It doesn't work. Okay. Michelle, how are we doing? It doesn't work. Can we have the radio mic? Does it work? Yeah, okay, it works. Here um, we go. If we are faithless, faithless, faithless yeah. He when remains faithful, for he cannot deni- deny himself. Brilliant. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Wonderful. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot dis- deny himself. God is a faithful God. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9... Hannah, what does that say? I know you know it by heart, but if you just use that there. Oh, yeah. This one. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Wonderful. Give Hannah a round of applause. Come on. So two verses there to declare, if you like, from God's word that he is faithful and we were called into fellowship or friendship with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to have to go a little bit quicker. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9 says this. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Not just a thousand generations. What that means is to every generation. God remains faithful. How are you doing there, Karen? Wonderful. Okay. So today, I want to look at God's faithfulness throughout the generations. And I want to look at it through the eyes of those who've experienced his faithfulness through, from the beginning of time to today. And I want to answer this question. I don't know if you've come today with this question, but I want to answer it. How has God displayed his awesome faithfulness through the generations and continues to do so today? Now, I know in Kids Church, since September not last year, the year before, they have been working through the Gospel Project. And the reason why we picked, one of the reasons we picked the Gospel Project is because they go through the Bible from beginning to end. And children, where are you up to at the moment? Can you remember? Are there any other children here? Gregory, Henry. It's great to have my children here, but uh, I don't want to be the Carter show. Right, so anybody else? Yes. Noah's Ark, wonderful. So they're up to Noah's Ark. They've been working through Genesis, so Adam and Eve, all the way through. And they will end up looking, and they have done, 
the very end as well, because we looked at Paul, the apostle, and, and all of that. So, so they're working through the Bible. But what I want us to do is I want to pick just two characters that they would have, well, they would have not got to Abraham yet, but we're going to look at Adam and Eve, and we're going to look at Abraham. So we're going to start from the beginning. So who are the first people in the Bible? Adam and Eve. I gave it away, didn't I? Yes, there we go. Adam and Eve. So I need two volunteers to be Adam and Eve. So, come on then, Noah. You can be Adam. Is that all right? Okay. Now I need an Eve. Who wants to be an Eve? Any Eve's coming. Wonderful. Claire's going to be an Eve. Oh, she's walking in the opposite direction. Wonderful. While, while we're waiting for an Eve, so do start walking up if you're the Eve. I'm going to get you something. Hold on. Wait there. Right. So that we know that this is, in fact, Adam, he's got Adam. So we just stick that to you. Sheaf or Sherelle? Come on, one of you, please. Okay, Hannah. No. Yes, come on. There we are. So there we have Adam and Eve. Now, what from the Bible story, and anybody can answer this, what do we remember about Adam and Eve? What are the things that stand out from that story? Yep. They were bad. They were bad. Okay, we'll come to that in a moment. <laughs> what else do we remember about the story? I'm sort of looking towards the back because that seems to be where all the children are. I might have to walk towards Jade. They were made by God. Brilliant. They were made by God. They, in fact, they were made by God. In fact, God made lots of things. But there was something very special about Adam and Eve. And what was it? They were made in God's image. Exactly. So God created the animals, the, the birds, the, um, the plants, the, the earth, the sky, the stars. But these two were made in God's image. In fact, they were so special to God that instead of just being created, he decided that he was going to have friendship with them. Isn't that amazing? The God that created the heavens and the earth decided that he would have a relationship, a friendship with these two beings that he'd made and created. And that is an awesome thing, that he would have a friendship with them. But what happened? This is the thing I thought you might call out. What did they do? They were tempted. They... Okay, we'll come back to that in a minute. They know a little bit because they've been listening to me. But what did they do? They took care of the garden. They messed up. How did they mess up? They eat, they ate the fruit. That's right. I'm surprised how long that took. Right. So they ate the fruit. We often think of what fruit? Apple. So who wants to? I'll give that to Eve. <laughs> so Eve's got the apple. When they ate the fruit, what happened? This is... Say again? Well, they, they ate the apple, and actually what happened was that God went looking for them and couldn't find them, because what did they do? They were hiding. Adam and Eve were hiding, because when they ate the apple, God asked them not to eat the apple, and they disobeyed God. So what we remember from the story is the disobedience of Adam and Eve, because that's the thing that stands out. They're the ones, they are the ones that disobey God. But actually, because of that, 
We have all got that propensity to sin. And, and actually, this is, a one, this is the wonderful thing that we're going to look at now. In that God's faithfulness, because that's what we're looking at today, was right there in the beginning. Because all we remember is they messed up. But actually, God made a promise to them both when they messed up. And I've got these as well, which I sort of I thought I might just give you. Um, what did they decide to wear after they decided... Fig leaves. So I've got some fig leaves, but they're a bit crumpled up. So there you go, Adam. You've got the fig leaves. <laughs> so he obviously knows where they go, which is, uh, I suppose, a good thing. Right. So, so they messed up, but there was a promise of God. There was a faith that God was faithful right here at the beginning, and he made a promise. Anyone know what that promise was? Anybody? The adults I'm looking to, really. Okay. There was a verse in the Bible in Genesis, where is it? Um, Genesis 17 verse, nope. Uh, Don, one second. Here it is. In Genesis, it says this. Um, so this is what God said to Eve. Um, no, this is what God said to the snake straight after they, he found them after they'd been hiding. He said this, um, God declares, speaking to the snake, I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head, which means he'll give you a fatal blow to the head, talking to the snake, and you, the snake, will wound his heel. And that's from the Message Bible. Now, there's lots of words in there which I think are quite difficult to understand for everyone, including the adults, I'm sure. But what was happening there um, was... God was making a promise. What was the promise he was making? The promise was this, that he was calling, he was declaring that someone was going to come to earth who would give a fatal blow to Satan and all that Satan seeks to destroy. So we have a promise here that someone is coming who did destroy the tempting serpent and the sin and the evil associated with him. With this promise, God declares that he has not given up on his plan. So even though they'd messed up, God hadn't given up. He promises that one day he'll send someone who will strike back against sin and evil that threatens his creation. And one day he'll redeem the consequences of eating. If you want to eat that apple, if you're hungry, feel welcome. So God's made a promise. Now, who was the person that God had promised he would send Right at the beginning here at the Bible. Who is the person? Let's, we can all shout it out. Jesus. Wonderful. It's Jesus. Okay, it was Jesus. So right at the beginning of the Bible, the first promise that he makes in the whole of the Bible, God promised to send Jesus. Wonderful. So we can see the faithfulness here at the beginning. So first, the next thing I want to do is, can you put those two things down? And can you hold this between you? Actually, you hold it between you for the moment. So God's faithfulness was in a promise that he made with them. He was faithful in that we've now seen the outworking of that promise. So you hold one of you, if you hold that promise word and you hold that and show everybody that, and can you hold that as well? Because you're God and you're making these promises. So God was faithful to Adam and Eve. Okay, how are we doing? Can you all see that at the back? Wonderful. Okay, let's go on to somebody else. So Adam and Eve, can you move over that way a little bit? Take your fig leaves and your apple. There we go. 
perfect. Okay, so let's think of somebody else in the Bible. Who comes next in the Bible, in the story? Who comes next in the whole outworking? Jesus? No, there's a lot of people before him. Just give me some... Abraham, thank you, I heard from behind a pillar. Abraham is correct, although there are obviously lots of other men who knew the faithfulness of God. We had um, lots, many others, but Abraham is the one I'm going to look at next. So I need two more volunteers. Let's try and be a bit quicker. I need Abraham. Yes, is that Gregory? Up you come. And I've got an Abraham. I need a Sarah. So I need a Sarah. So if you stand here, Gregory, and face everyone and show that. I thought Dan was going to be Sarah then for a minute. <laughs> Hannah, can you come be Sarah? I'm going to pick on people, I think. That's, what I, that's the way to do it. Everyone looks down as I say that. Um, okay, so we've got Abraham and Sarah. So how did God display his faithfulness to Abraham and Sarah? Gave them a baby, yes. What was the baby's name? <laughs> bit early. He comes a bit later. Okay. Hannah, exactly. Yeah, I heard it as well. Isaac was their child. God also made another promise to them. What other promise did he make? Their descendants would more than the stars and the sands on the seashore. Wonderful. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you for your contributions. It's wonderful. It's, do you know, standing up here, it's really helpful to get people helping. So it, that's true. He was made a promise. Oops. And, um, and that was that he would have lots of children, lots of descendants. Now, what I want to ask is this. Um, actually, let's read that out first. In Genesis 17, verse 2, it says, God said to Abraham, I am El Shaddai. And El Shaddai means the Lord God Almighty. I make a promise with you that you will have lots and lots and lots of descendants or children. And those children will come through your child, which we just said was Isaac. Now, how old was Abraham when this promise was made, does anybody know? So, he was a hundred years old. Now, who wants to tell me how old their dad is? Go on then. Go on then, Shifa. 40? 45? 55? 40, sorry, Samson. 45. Is that, do you mind? Is that correct? Or is it, it's 45. Wonderful. So, Abraham would have been twice as old as Samson. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being like 100 years old and being given a promise that you would have another child? I mean, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Sarah, does anyone know how old Sarah was? Abraham was 100. Anyone know how old Sarah was? Okay, she wasn't, she wasn't far off. She was 90 years old. 90. Can you imagine being 90 and having a promise that you would have a child? I mean, it's a phenomenal thing. So they were promised a child by God, and God was faithful because they did have that child. It came to pass. His name was Isaac. But there's more to that promise than, um, than just having a child because um, who was descended from Abraham? Noah. Yes! He's got it. Jesus is descending from Abraham. If you look at the book of Matthew, the very first chapter, and you look at the verses of Matthew, it gives the, gene uh, the word is genealogy, thank you, of Abraham all the way down to Jesus. So not just 
the promise of a child, and that was Isaac. But there's a promise that all the way down, the descendants, and we talked about earlier about the descendants um, from generation to generation, God's faithfulness is true. All the way down to Jesus, Jesus was descended from Abraham. So the promise that Abraham would have many children is true today because of all of us. We are all descended because of the promise of Jesus that he has made a way for each one of us to know God because we are now God's children. We are all descended from this promise. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That this promise is now coming to pass in a greater measure than Abraham could have even imagined coming true. That we are all part of that promise. Wonderful stuff. So let's give you the promise. So one of you hold this for me. And let's give you this one. Let me hold that up nice and high. And another one for God over here. Okay. So God's got a couple of things there. Hold up. We're doing well. You need to be an octopus, don't you? Okay. So God is a God of his word. Jesus is, um, let's move on to Jesus. Okay. So we need, I need a Jesus. Here he is. Okay. He's already volunteered. Okay, and he's got his uh, dressing gown. Just, just to be a little bit different, I don't have a robe. If anyone's got a robe, they want to uh, donate for my illustrations, because Jesus comes up a lot. So there we are. Here's Jesus. Let's give you your thing. You all right? You have a bit of help? So, so how was God faithful to Jesus? How was God faithful to Jesus? Anybody want to give us a... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Anybody want to give us a second? Oh, how was God faithful to Jesus? Okay, I'll give you some ideas. He was faithful in that he spoke with him a lot, he, on a, possibly on a daily basis. Jesus would withdraw and go and speak with his father. Uh, his father in heaven led him. Jesus was obedient all through his life to his father. And then Jesus glorified him because Jesus was the wonderful redeemer, the savior of the world and father in heaven glorified him. And we learn through the Bible that he was in fact seated in the highest place in the heavenly realms that everything on earth should come under the name of Jesus. So God was faithful to this Jesus. God is a God of his words. Jesus is, in fact, the fulfillment of all that was promised to many people, other than just the two that I've um, looked at. Um, God was faithful throughout the ages. In fact, Jesus is referred to as the rock because of being the rock in which we stand. Jesus was the fulfillment of the promises that we've looked at so far. And Jesus is, in fact, God's demonstration of faithfulness to all of us. So the awesome faithfulness of God is that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. That he obediently, that Jesus was obedient, went to the cross because he loved us. And because he didn't want sin, our sin, to separate us from God. And the great thing is that God, um, at that moment when Jesus rose from the dead, it was the fulfillment of all that we talked about earlier. So if I go back to the original promise, at the first promise of the Bible when God promised that he would um, sort of have a, give a fatal blow to Satan's head. That happened when Jesus died on the cross and rose again. That fatal blow has happened. 
There we go. Not Jesus. <laughs> Jesus rose again. Up you get. So that promise is now the promise we can live in as God's children. That is a faithful promise that we can trust in and stand in each and every day. Now, um, so, Jesus has taken away the sin of the world. Wow, what a promise. Let's put this on the rock. So let's give the promise. Jesus, you've got uh, two things to hold. So if you hold those two things and show those to everybody. And then that one, Karen, if you just come with that last one there. Now you need four hands. Um, okay, so God was faithful. Hopefully you can see a bit of progression all through the Bible of God's promises, God's faithfulness, that his faithfulness is outworked in the promises that he gives to us. And we remain faithful to him as we trust in those promises. God was faithful in sending Jesus to take away the sin of the whole world and to make a way for us to know God personally. We continue to awe at the God that we have because he goes on being faithful through every generation. God was faithful to people as Jesus went to heaven, we've got the Apostle Paul, we've got all the disciples, we've got the early church, we've got us today in our community and our lives that we live, in our workplaces. God remains faithful. Now I just want to finish with this verse that we started out at the beginning. In Deuteronomy 7 verse 9, it says this. Oh yeah, okay. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant, covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Brilliant. Well read, Nana. Let's give him a round of applause again. Wonderful. So, Lord God is faithful and he keeps his covenant and he keeps his promises through generation and generation and generation. He is a rock in which we can stand. God is faithful. And I just want to finish by reading this to you. Jesus is God. Every word that is in the Bible is true. He is completely trustworthy. He is utterly dependable. He is the rock on which we stand. He is, the victorious, he is victorious over sin and death. He makes promises that are unbreakable. And the Bible oozes God's faithfulness over every page. There is a faithful God behind the history of mankind. And God has made himself known through Jesus. Now what I want to do now is firstly, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to trust in Jesus then I would encourage you to do that today. And now, what this means is that what you've heard today is that something in it is true that you've never really heard before. Or you may have, but you may not have decided that it's for you. It's something you believe in your heart to be true and you want to respond. Because Jesus says, anyone who responds to me, I will come into their heart if they confess that I am Lord. It's to, it's to understand that Jesus is the only way to know God. And it's through his sacrifice on the cross that enables us to have a relationship with him. God's faithfulness is that he desires beyond anything to have relationship with us. Okay, And this is for every single person, children, adults alike. And what we're going to do is we're going to close our eyes for a moment and I'm going to pray for us. 
and I'm going to pray with us. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, then I'm going to say a prayer out loud. And I want everybody here to say it with me. Okay, so even if you are a believer in Jesus, I still want you to say this out loud as well because it's good to speak these truths and remind ourselves of the decision that we've made. Okay, so and you've all shown me right at the beginning, you're all very good at saying things out loud. So let's give this a go. We're going to declare the wonderful goodness of God and his faithfulness towards us, okay? Okay, so if we close our eyes and if you could say this out loud. Dear God, Brilliant. Thank you for being an awesome, faithful God. Thank you for sending Jesus to earth as my Savior. Jesus, today I want to get to know you personally. Thank you for giving your life and dying on the cross for my sin. For all the bad things I have done, today I say sorry. I turn away from going my own way, and I choose to go your way. Thank you for forgiving me, and I receive your forgiveness. I will trust in your saving power. And I will follow you for the rest of my life. 